0: Good morning, Crossroads. Thank you, everyone, for being here. For those of you who are joining us online, we we'll thank you for tuning in. Please drop a line in the comments. Let us know that you're joining us here this morning. For those of you in the auditorium, would you
1: please stand and worship with us? Amen. Aren't you glad to be here? I'm going to come past all the equipment there, all right? God bless you. Have a seat. Aren't you glad to be here today? Let's thank our great God. What a great God we serve. We are thrilled that you're here with us today, and I'm just going to uh, just share with you just a few announcements coming up. Uh, as obviously, as you know, this week is what? It is Christmas, huh? Yeah. Who's excited for Christmas? Anybody happy out there? Yeah. Yeah, it's always a fun time of year. Christmas Eve. I want to encourage you to uh, to be here on on Friday for Christmas Eve. We have three offerings: two o'clock, four o'clock, and six o'clock. And uh, we are looking to just see God do some complete miracles in people's lives. So I want to encourage you to bring a friend, invite a friend to come on out and uh, and be here for Christmas Eve, so they so that they can be hearing the good news of Jesus. I want to encourage you to be here. It'll be a great time of worship. We'll have some uh, excellent uh, Christmas music, familiar songs that you're familiar with. we are going to hear a few specials. It's always a special day here, Christmas Eve. And, uh, and, and people hear how they can have a relationship with Jesus. So I want to encourage you, take the invite inside of your bulletin there and invite somebody. Take a step of faith and call somebody today or tomorrow or Tuesday or any day this week and just put it in their hand and say, hey, I'd love for you to be here with us. Uh, come out and check out Christmas Eve at our church. Maybe they can't be here whenever you're able to be there, but you can tell them, hey, we've got a great Christmas Eve. They will be happy that they are here. I just have to share with you, last night, you know, we do a lot of things like this where we open up and, and tell people, hey, there's something going on here. So you remember last year we couldn't do too much uh, around Christmas holiday there inside, and of course we had Christmas Eve and we had them all day long, and that was an incredible, an incredible day. But uh, last year we had the drive-by Christmas. If you remember, we came up and you drove by and saw our manger scene out there and all the lights out there. Uh, Last night we had a a family come in and they said, Hey, we just remembered that last year and we're we're thinking about looking for a church. Could we come check you out? Can we thank God for that, folks? That's what God does. That's what God does. So I want to encourage you. That's because you, the family of God... Step out, invite people, and bring people to Christ. So that's how people come to Christ, by other people who care for them, love them, pray for them, and invite them to come. I want to encourage you. And if you can help serve on Christmas Eve, there's a flyer in there for serving. Uh, If you can help with the nursery, we need help in the nursery area. Maybe you can come and help in the nursery at 2 and then uh, uh, stay for the 4 o'clock service. Maybe you can come for the 4 o'clock and stay for the 6 and serve. So there's ways that you can serve. Uh, We need people to help with uh, seating people in the auditorium. Uh, The parking lot always needs extra help on that day. So if you are willing to do that, please fill out this form. Fold it in half and stick it in the offering box. There's one in the back here, and there's one also in the foyer uh, today. And we will help you uh, along the way there to be able to serve. It's a wonderful opportunity to serve the Lord. And then uh, just the, if you're looking in the bulletin, you'll see there's a number of things coming up. I want to encourage you to mark on your calendars the 21 days of prayer, which will be January the 9th through the 29th. Uh, we're calling our church the time of prayer. We, we did this last year to start the year, and I think it's a great way to start our year, that we focus in on prayer. I'm, I'm going to challenge the church to prayer and fasting. Not that you'll fast for 21 days. Please uh, if You have to be ready for that. That's a, that's a very uh, physical thing you've got to be prepared to do. But you could fast for one day a week during those 21 days, or maybe you could skip lunch during those 21 days and pray. And so we're going to be talking more about that and giving you more items on that coming up here in the next week or two. But I want to encourage you to be ready. We'll have sign-ups for that in just a few weeks here. And then you'll notice there's also Refuel One Day is coming up here. Uh, Refuel One Day is an, uh, an event that we're privilege to host here at the church. It'll be in January. It's on a Tuesday during the day from 9 to 3, but uh, there'll be several speakers coming in from uh, down in Lynchburg, Virginia. Jonathan uh, Falwell, the pastor of Thomas Road Baptist Church, Matt Wilmington, um, also Doug Ranlett, the, uh, the fellow that we had here a few years ago. They'll all be here for a full day, and even Eric McIlvany will be speaking that day. Let's hear it for Eric McIlvany, man. We, we love and appreciate him. So th- this is an event for, uh, for people all over Pittsburgh, and uh, I want to encourage you, it's open to you and, and our church for everybody to come, and so uh, I realize that means that you've got to take time off of work to be there, but uh, if you're available, we'd love to have you. You even get a free lunch out of the deal, all right? So I want to encourage you, go to the website, and you can sign up for that. And then today I want just, to uh, just look at our birthday gift to Jesus. If you look at the birthday gift to Jesus list there uh, in your bulletin, there's a, there's a lot, that, uh, a lot of people on our list, and we're just praying and asking God to continue to supply these needs and continue to meet the need. And folks, today we are already up to 46,000 that has been received. Can we thank the Lord for that today? Amen? And so as, uh, as we come to the Lord today, I, wanna, I just want to recognize uh, a number of these people on here. One of them today is Daniel Gonzalez. He's in Ecuador And you'll see the map there of the country of Ecuador. It's in South America. Many of our church family have been there. We've taken a number of missions trips. And uh, we're right now talking with him about when our next trip could take place. Uh, Hopefully this summer we'd like to get another trip down there to Ecuador. So we'll find out more about that after the first of the year. Uh, depending on conditions down there with travel. You know how it's a, a, just a little bit harder to do a number of these things in the post-COVID era. But I want I want you to be praying about that. Uh, maybe you'll want to be a part of that trip with us. Um, he's, he's in Ecuador, and you know that we have a special relationship with him. We love this guy. He has become friends with many of you in the church. So I asked him to send us a short video, and I, uh, you're going to see this video in just a minute. I just want you to know the picture that you see him in is a green screen. <laughs> So, it, it looks like he's in the middle of this home in, like, uh, Upper St. Clair, all right? But he's not in Upper St. Clair. He is in the middle of um, Ecuador on a green screen on Zoom, all right? So, look here at his his video.
2: Hello, everybody. We want to send our reading from Quito, Ecuador. Here is the World Life, part of the World Life team, especially the young people. These children are part of the... To our families here in World of Life Ecuador, here is
0: Adios. and Galen.
2: they are part of the families' children, and we want to express our gratitude to you in this special time, Christmas time. It's a special time to remember Jesus was coming to this earth to save us. We we remember to His love, the love of Jesus, the love of God to us. Thank you so much also because the church, your church, library, Baptist church, the world church is part to the love of God to us because you send our offerings every every month. We, we receive this offering for, for this weekend to preach the gospel. We want to send the gospel to different places around to the Ecuador and also, Today, I want to express our gratitude. We want to express our gratitude to the children. Because the children to your church, the Library Baptist Church children, sending a special offering to us in this time. Thank you so much, children. Thank you so much for your love. And we want to say uh, our greetings to this Christmas in two languages. One in English is second in it. our language is Spanish. First one in English. One, two, three. Merry, Merry Christmas!
1: Christmas! And now, one, two, three. Feliz Navidad! Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. So our, our kids, uh, uh, they've been, we've been asking the kids and the teenagers to set a goal. And our children's ministry set a goal for the kids to bring in their nickels and pennies and dimes and, and, uh, and we set a goal down there of $550. And, uh, and look, as you can see, that's their thermometer. And as they bring them up, they fill the cross up with these ornaments down there. Uh, up until the, you see the thermometer goes up to right at the crossbar of the cross there. So they, they, they set the goal at 550. I heard that over $300 came in on Wednesday night with the kids, cause I heard them counting the coins and all that fun stuff, you know? Alicia's like, can you believe it, coins? It's like, Alicia. It's only $300 worth of coins. It used to be 10,000 worth of coins, you know? Nowadays it's everything is electronic, right? So, and, and they put all those coins and, and so they are, they're just within about $50 of reaching that goal. Uh, I'm so happy for our children, aren't you? And they get to have a touch. They're playing that video downstairs today, and they get to know about the missionaries. They get to know that uh, Jesus is, is, is the reason for the season, and that's why we are doing what we're doing here at Crossroads. So I want to encourage you, as you uh, consider Christmas this year, uh, make your gift to the Lord Jesus. Uh, give a gift to him larger to him than anybody else on your list. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Jesus. And as you do that, uh, I know that God will bless you and you, you, will, you will enjoy the experience of that. So if you're giving to the birthday gift of Jesus uh, offering, please designate it as such. Again, you can give through the offering boxes on the wall, you can give online, or you can give through the mail. Send it to Crossroads here at the church. And then you also notice in the bulletin there that uh, the giving envelopes are in the foyer. You can grab your giving envelopes if you use the giving envelope system. Um, if you don't and would like to, stop by the table. You'll see Alicia out there. It's just to my right in the foyer there near the coffee area, and she'll be able to help you use those use those envelopes if you would so desire. And uh, But we're so thankful for what God's doing, aren't you? Man, what a great place to be this time of year in the house of the Lord as we honor him and we worship him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for the great way that you're moving in this church and you're you're transforming people's lives. God, I thank you for families that just wander up to the church and say, Hey, I I saw the lights on. I wonder if there's hope here. And Lord, I pray that for the families that that are currently checking us out, Lord, and looking for hope, Father, may they find that, yes, there is hope here and that hope has a name and that name is Jesus. God, I pray you'll put your hand upon this church today, Lord, as we honor you, as we seek you, as we uh, seek to encourage uh, the family of Christ together, Lord, as we seek to worship you at the, uh, the name above all names. God, we thank you for this offering, for the birthday gift of Jesus' offering. We thank you for the privilege it is to give, Lord, and to, to respond to your name. We thank you for our missionaries like Daniel and Anita Gonzalez down in Ecuador that are, that are reaching children and reaching teenagers and reaching people for Christ. Uh, God, just for the whole Water Life team in Ecuador, I pray that you'll put your hand upon them. Give them power, Lord, especially now, Lord, during this season where uh, Christmas is a time for them to have a great harvest. So, Lord, we just pray that uh, you will do what only you can do, and we'll give you the honor and the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. For Christmas. I hope that's what you've been doing this year is coming home and like the video says there and all who are weary come home. That's uh, that's my prayer for us this year. It has been a wearisome couple years, has it not? I mean, this is this is overwhelming at times. And, um, it, and and there are other circumstances in your life that have caused you to be overwhelmed, not just uh, not just the world events, but family events, uh, relational events, Job events, there's so much that is, is troubling to us right now in our world, and I want to encourage you to come home. You know, when I was a, a young guy in college coming home for Christmas, that was the hope that got me through that finals week. You remember that finals week? You know, if you went to college and you had that finals week, it was always the week before you got to go home, and all I could think of was, man, I can't wait to get home for Christmas. Um, I, I hated taking those tests. I just hate them. I think you do too, right? There's not too many people I know that love taking tests. And as a matter of fact, isn't that true about our life? We just we just don't enjoy the test of life, do we? The tests of life are hard. They're painful. But knowing that you get to come home for Christmas, you get to make it home. That was for me. That was the big thing. I get to come home for Christmas. A few years ago, I saw there was a a novel out. It was called uh, I believe it was called Skipping Christmas. Did you ever read that novel? I, I haven't read the novel. I just read about it, read about the novel, right? Uh, skipping Christmas. I think they made a movie out of it, Christmas with the Cranks or something. Um, it was about skipping Christmas. The, and these guys said, you know, if we didn't have to do all this stuff, you know, put up the tree and all this stuff, oh, well, our life would be so happy. And and the, the the book and the and the movie basically illustrate this family and says, okay, so we're done with Christmas and we're going to skip right over Christmas. And as we skip right over Christmas, we're just going to be so happy. And, uh, and they, you know, uh, their neighbors like protest because they used to have the best lights in all the neighborhood. Right. And the neighborhoods, uh, the neighbors come and say, why aren't you putting up your tree? And, you know, they're, they're going away for Christmas. They're just going to hide. They're going to forget everything until their kids call and say, we're coming home for Christmas. And then when their kids say that they're coming home for Christmas, they have to go through this uh, rampant rage to try and pull off Christmas. And I, I want I want you to think about this because it is possible for us, even with all of life, as we're, we're talking about Christmas, you go through the season. Here we are. We've got the tree. We've got the lights. We have everything. This place looks absolutely beautiful. Your house looks absolutely beautiful. You've got lights. You've got candy. You've got you have it all. But it's possible to miss Christmas. Isn't it possible to absolutely miss what Christmas is all about? Like you can go through all the motions and completely miss Christmas. And this morning I want to look at three ways that we can miss Christmas. It's very easy to miss Christmas and it's based in the scripture. You can see it the very first Christmas because not everybody who was alive when Jesus was born caught Christmas. A number of people actually missed Christmas. As a matter of fact, there was a whole lot of people that actually missed Christmas on that very first Christmas. And so one of the reasons that you can miss Christmas is because of this reason. Man, things are just going so good. I am just, life is going really good. Things are going too good. I'm too busy. Have you ever noticed that when things are going good, and we'll put this up there, that's our first point. When things are going good, you say, I am just too busy. You know, you're working hard, and as you're working hard, you're going through life, and you're saying, Man, uh, life is going good, but I am busy, 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 busy. And, and look at the very first Christmas in Luke chapter 2, verse 7. The scripture tells us that she, Mary, brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There was no room for Jesus in the end, And I'm sure you've heard people talk about this. I mean, every little kid's play, there's no room in the inn for Jesus. But I want you to kind of think with me this morning about the innkeeper. The innkeeper always got a bad rap whenever I was a kid, you know? You always saw him, the innkeeper, there's no room, and you're like, boo. You know, how could, how could he tell the baby Jesus that there was no room, right? Let me tell you about the innkeeper. The innkeeper was an honest, hardworking family man. The innkeeper was likely a guy who was taking advantage of a situation. And he saw that, hey, listen, this town is swarming. Because on the, the day that Mary and Joseph came and that Jesus was born, they were coming back. It was the census that was to be taken. So they had to go back to their hometown. They come back into, into, into Bethlehem and there's no room. So what is every innkeeper doing? Every innkeeper is just doubling the price that day, you know? It's just like whenever you want to go away. And, and you know, you, if you're going in the off-season, that's always fine, right? There's nobody in the off-season. But you want to go away on the, on the high season, you're going to pay for it. Well, it was the high season. And so he just had booked up every room. And as he's booked up every room, he's just so busy, and he doesn't even catch what is happening. And the Scriptures tell us because there was no room for them in the inn, there's no room. You know, it's actually possible for us today to uh, to live our life with no room for Jesus. It's actually possible for us to be so busy with good things. Like I think the innkeeper, he was actually busy with good things. He was running a business. He was industrious. And so in his industry, he's, he's doing, he's going at the speed of light and he doesn't even get to see what's actually happening here. He was so busy with his own business, uh, that he missed the greatest opportunity of his life. And folks, sometimes I believe that we are so busy with our own life that we can miss the greatest opportunity of our life. Here was a guy. Now I want you to think about this. He, he, here he comes and he, the son of God is born in his stable oh yeah i don't have any room but you can go out there and you can you can you can have that stable area out there you can have this there you know there is a a feeding trough out there you can go hang out there so as i was thinking about this mary laid jesus in a manger she wrapped him up in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger and as i was thinking about that what does that mean a manger it was a feeding trough and then i'm sitting there in my house and i'm looking at the dog I'm looking at my dog in my house, and my wife has got this cute little thing for the dog, so he doesn't even have to bend his head to eat. <laughs> Do you have one of those? I, I, like, when she brought it home, I was like, you're kidding me. She goes, well, I don't want him to get a neck ache.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. So the dog comes over, and there's two bowls, and it looks so pretty, and the dog's like, And it hit me. That's the same idea that Jesus was born, but for a sheep. It was in a feeding trough. It was in just a bin. It was, many people think it was just like a cement casing that you would, that like you would pour the water in and the feed in. And like, really? This is where the Son of God was coming? And so here, what he came in the most humble of manner, like. He, you know, he didn't have a five-star hotel. He didn't have a hospital. And you want to talk about coming in in a non-threatening way? He came in a non-threatening way. And so he, he's born in this manger. And so here was the innkeeper. The innkeeper says, "Man, I have no room." He's just going about his life. He's so busy. And I think sometimes for us, it's easy for us to be so busy with our home, with our schedule. With our thoughts, with our budget, with our plans, uh, with everything that we have to deal with, are you so busy that you don't even have time to make room for Jesus? And, and I, you know, I want us to think about that not just at Christmas time, but really the whole year, because right now is we're we're kind, we're going to slow down here for a couple of weeks as we end the year, and uh, and then it kind of slows for for a little bit, and then it kind of picks back up again. Uh, Eighteen months ago, we were all slowed down. And I think even during that slowdown, we didn't really slow down. Like our minds went into overgear. Okay, we're at home. I know as the pastor of the church, I said, okay, we're at home. We can't let the church go down. We're going to go and we're going to work even harder now. And so I'm beating the staff up every day. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? They're like, well, we're at home. We're afraid of this virus. And that's the way the world went for a while, didn't it? And so we started working, and we found out new ways. And so your bosses it sent you home and sent you home with a laptop, and your laptop has become your best friend, right? Uh, many of you are working from home still to this day. I know my kids are both still working from home, and, uh, and all the challenges that come with that. Uh, so there, there's a, there's a lot, of, lot of change that happened. But listen, even whenever the whole world we thought shut down, our minds never shut down. And it's so easy for us to come and to put in everything else in but to stop and listen for who he is. Uh, you could be so busy with Christmas that you, miss, that you miss meeting God. In the meantime, he's born right next door. Uh, imagine the opportunity for that, for that innkeeper. Could you imagine after Jesus was born, if he would have only figured it out? Son of God was born here. You know, you want to talk about a tourist trap? you yeah. know? He would have been the richest guy in the world. Like, you know, son of God was born here. Uh, come to this room. You, you ever go over, I think there's a place over in Cleveland, that Home Alone house, or is it the, the Christmas story house? The Christmas story house. You can go and you can uh, you can tour the Christmas story house. Could you imagine if this guy would have figured it out? If he, But he missed the opportunity of a lifetime. You want to talk about growing his business. He did what was right in his own eyes. And the scriptures tell us that all the time. And Proverbs says, he, there's a way that seems right, and to a man, the end leads to destruction. So it's easy for us to be just so busy with good things. Secondly, it's familiarity. You become so familiar with the story. For you, this is, uh, you know, if you're 50 years old, this is your 50th Christmas. Did you ever think of it like that? For some of you, it's your 60th, 70th, and 80th Christmas out there. And we'll stop there. I mean, there's, there, for, for some of you, you can like, you've done a lot of Christmases, right? And, and every year you, you go through a routine and, and you, you start to see how that, uh, the, the, you just become so familiar with it. And, and, you know, here's what it is. It basically says, I already know that. I already know it. I know it. It's nothing new. And, and you know, sometimes people will say, hey, you know, I was at Christmas Eve last year and you said the same, you, said, you shared the same story. I'm like, yeah, that's the story. That that's the greatest part about my job. I love it. You know, it's Christmas Eve. I can, you know where I'm going to talk. I have four places I'm going to talk. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm going to go to you, and I'm going to share that with you on Christmas Eve. Why? Because it's the greatest story ever told, and I don't have to add anything to it. Amen. Man, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Familiarity, but you know it's so easy for us to become so familiar with things that we just uh, that we just kind of. We take it and we we say, oh, it doesn't mean as much as it used to mean. Look here at Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. And we looked at this passage last week. We're going to relook at it again here today. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Last week we looked. We said that they came likely from as far as Persia, Babylon. Uh, Other people think that they might have come as far as China. Uh, They they came on horseback, camelback. Uh, We we don't know much about their journey. We know it was a long journey, and we know that they were led by the star here. Uh, Verse 7, they came... um, uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, verse 2. He said, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? So they came unto Herod, and they said, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. And when, and when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Now, I want you to catch this. Here's Herod. Herod is threatened by these people. So he calls, uh, he's threatened that there could be another king. So he calls in the religious people. Herod was not a, uh, a, a part of the Jewish system. As a matter of fact, he just became the king of the Jews, he was the, the oppression. So he's the king of the Jews, and now he hears that there's a threat to his kingship. So what does he do? He goes and he gathers all the chief priests and the scribes. And what do the chief priests and the scribes do? They answer him, oh, yeah, we know where he's going to be born. Really? Yeah, we know where he's going to be born. Look what they said. Uh, For they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet... But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So so these were the scribes. I want you to catch this. He said they called together the chief priests and the scribes. He called the religious leaders. The scribes were the people that were known for taking the Scripture on a scroll, and they would duplicate it. They would handwrite the next scroll. And they had a high System of 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 integrity of penmanship. Um, This is like when Jesus says, "Not one jot or tittle will pass away." Those are parts of the Hebrew language inflection points. And Jesus says, "Listen, not one even inflection point of my word will pass away." And so, this is what happened. Those scribes they knew the Scripture, and for hundreds of years they had been working and knowledge of the Scripture. Uh, The Jewish people they were they knew the Old Testament. Like what we call the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and all the other books of the, of the Old Testament. What we call the Old Testament, they knew this inside and out, and, uh, and, and they knew the prophecies. So whenever Herod comes and asks the, the, uh, the chief priest, and he asks the scribes, hey, where will this king of the Jews be born? They said, absolutely, in Bethlehem. And what they did was they were referring to Micah 5 two. Um, some 600 years before Jesus arrives on the scene, Micah gives these words, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the, uh, um, among, uh, among the cities of Judah, uh, out of you will come for me one who will be the ruler over Israel. Out of you, Bethlehem, though you are small, though though you are small out of of the clan of Judah, though you are small out out of this big clan, there will become a ruler. Out of you will come a ruler who will rule over Israel. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son. So we see that the king is going to come in human form. The king will be born as a baby. And the rest of his brothers return to the, to join the Israelites, and he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the mighty and the majesty of the name of the Lord, his God. And they will live securely, and then his greatness, and then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. So there's, there's so much there. And so this prophecy tells us he would come out of this little town of Bethlehem. And I want you to catch this because Jesus, uh, you know, it, it's your manger scene. I, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. You put up your manger scene under your tree. You have it in your, in your lobby at your home, right? Uh, you have the manger scene. There's Mary, Joseph. You always have the shepherds. You have the baby Jesus. You have the wise men. You don't see any religious leaders there. There's no Pharisee bowing down. I never thought of that. Like all the Christmas cards, you don't see anybody with a religious outfit. Why? Because they weren't there. They knew he was to be born there. They hear all this entourage coming to town. They know there's a star in the sky that normally is brighter and bigger than they've ever seen before. And what? What are we doing? Like, what's going on here? And then Herod comes and calls them together and says, hey, these guys came, the wise men here, you know, the, the magi, they came from the far east. They followed the star, and, and they want to know where will this baby be born, and I want to know, too, so I can worship them. And he had nothing to do with worship, but he, was, he wanted to know where he was at. But they said, oh, yeah, he'll be born in Bethlehem. And they were just indifferent. They were just indifferent. It didn't matter to them. They just didn't care. Like, do you know how far Bethlehem is from Jerusalem? It's roughly five miles. That'd be like this happening in Monongahela. And I didn't make a trip down Route 88. Like wow. Like, like, Jesus did not come for religion. Jesus is not about religion. Aren't you thankful for that today, folks? Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He didn't come for for religiousity. He did religion is all about how you think you can get to God. Jesus, the whole message of Jesus was about how God came to get you to Himself. And that's the power of Christmas. Jesus is not about religion. Oh, my goodness. I want you to think about this. Today, um, there are many people that say, you know what, Um, uh, I'm just so busy. My life is so full. I'm just indifferent to this. I I want you to think about the many people who are celebrating Christmas this year. They have all the trimmings of Christmas, but they're missing Christmas. It could be you. It could be me. Uh, listen, I, I know that when when, our kid, when I was younger, you know, you look at how the traditions roll and you start to add traditions on, right? So the one tradition we always had whenever I was a kid was you had to be home by, I think it was typically 8 o'clock. I think it was typically on a Friday night to watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Anybody remember that? I think I have a picture up here, right? The Charlie Brown Christmas special. There we go. There he is, Charlie Brown. He was my hero, I'll tell you. I love Charlie Brown. Um, Charlie Brown, the Christmas special. You had to get home by five, by eight o'clock to watch that thing. Man, my parents would drag me out to Sears. You know what that was like? For a kid to go to Sears. Thanks, Mom. I love you. She's right here this morning. You know? She would drag me to Sears. And I remember in some of those later days, you know, where they sold all the televisions? Like back in that day, you would see them. Bob, I'm sure you remember this. Me and Bob are the same vintage, right? You'd go through and you'd see them all. that have all those big, big box TVs, you know, them, them ones that your parents bought for a piece of furniture. And you'd be sitting there and you'd be watching the Charlie Brown Christmas tree and you'd be upset because Mom and Dad didn't get you home in time to watch it. That was my Christmas tradition. That was it. And then all of a sudden, life started getting faster. Like, like, listen, today, if you, you, if you told a kid he had to be home at Friday at 8 o'clock to watch a Charlie Brown Christmas tree, they'd have to cancel 14 sports practices, three music lessons, and a tutoring. And I, I always canceled the tutoring because it didn't help me anyhow. So, uh, listen, it, it's like you go in there, it's like, wow, life is so busy today. And then, so we have all this and we add on top of, we add on top, on top, on top. You know, for me, when our kids were born, we started with the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, and we now have it on DVD. We can watch it anytime we want. And some of you are like, what's a DVD player? I haven't seen one of them in five years. You can stream it at any time you want. You can watch it on your phone. Your kids can watch it on the way to church, on the way home from church. Oh, they don't even watch that because there's so many other things now. And so then, you know, then we added uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Man, didn't you love Rudolph? I love that. Remember that thing he made whenever he tried to cover his nose? Uh, listen, there was so much fun of all that, and those were such good memories going going through the years. And then, you know, then I added on, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do light up night." So, all right, that's the week before Thanksgiving. So now Christmas doesn't take up two weeks; it takes up two months. And so now it's like we start the week before Thanksgiving with light up night, and then we go to the parade. And so I have all these things that we did. And then then my kids just this year they said, "Hey, Dad, let's go to Kennywood." I'm like, "Huh." It's December. You want to go to Kennywood in December. So we went down Friday night, and we looked at one million lights in Kennywood. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then I really got excited because the Jackrabbit was open. (laughs) Let me tell you, I haven't read the Jackrabbit in a number of years. And I've never written in December at forty degrees. It was it was it was an experience in my life, and there was no line. I wrote it twice. It was wonderful, and, and so I have a new memory. But listen, it's possible to add on all these things to go through all this and miss who Jesus is. Um, look, look what the scriptures say here in Ephesians four eighteen. Um, Ephesians chapter four tells us this: says that their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life that God gives them because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against God. Man, that's, that's what happens in our life. we were wandering in darkness. And listen, I love putting up lights. Uh, I finally got frosty. He's alive again. I told you last week how the windstorm took him down. He lives. He's up, man. He's up. And, uh, and, and he ain't going down. I got tent spikes. He is never going down. He may be there till Easter. So anyhow... Um, you know, we're, we, had, we have fun. But why do you do that? Because it's so dark. And you can even go through the experience of adding light, but until you add the light, you're still living in darkness. And so I want to encourage you, this Christmas season, don't, don't walk away from, from the, the real meaning of Christmas because you're too busy or because, oh, it's just Christmas. Let the reality of Jesus cause wonder in your heart. And, and never get over that wonder. Never get over the wonder. Like that wonder of, you know, when you're a kid and you're waking up on Christmas morning. um, You know, my wonder on Christmas morning now is I wonder how I got through Christmas Eve. You know, it's a full day at the church. And I'm, oh. But my wonder is in Christ. And I say, oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the gift that you gave me. And that's something that is a, a light that you're lighting right now and it lasts all year long. It's not something that we just snub and put out after Christmas. Um, number three is the fear. Many people miss Christmas because of fear. Look at what happened for Herod, Matthew 2 3. Uh, fear is, the, is, this, is this thing that would cause you to, to miss Christmas. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. When he heard that the king of the Jews was born there, he was troubled. Uh, there was a fear that set into him. And let me tell you, he was fearful because he was, he was a little bit of a crazy guy. Herod said that uh, nobody else was going to be the ruler but him. As a matter of fact, Herod was known for killing people who were a threat to his kingship. He, uh, he was known, uh, I've, I've read some crazy things about him. He killed several family members. He killed several of his brothers. He killed, I believe one record said he even killed his wife. He, he was paranoid. He was crazy. He said, if anybody's going to get close to my kingship, I'm going to get rid of them. Um, even a few days before he died, he killed several other family people, family members because he just didn't want them to take his legacy. He didn't, didn't want them to usurp him as king. And, you know, I think today for us that, uh, that we have, many people have fear of, I'm going to follow God. Like, if, if this is the king. If Jesus, this baby that was born, is the king, then what does that mean for me? It means I'm not in control anymore. It means I have to surrender control to God. And so this is where King Herod was. King Herod was like, I'm not going to be in control anymore. I won't be the leader. I am, the, I am sitting on the throne. And so if Jesus is the king, he must sit on the throne. And so he was willing to to wipe out every newborn baby under two years of old, and you can go and read that in Matthew chapter two. Um, sometimes we fear that someone other than ourselves would be in control. And I think that's a legitimate fear, isn't it? I've talked to several people through the years and they say, Hey, I would follow God, but I'm afraid. And they fill in the blank. I, I am afraid that I would have to give that up. I see my friend, my friend, he was a, he was a cool dude. He used to be like us. Now he's following God and he doesn't do half the stuff we do. We wonder what's wrong with him. And many people think that I have to give up something to follow God. And Jesus never said to give up anything. He said to follow me. And he would teach you how to give all that up. And so your friend who gave all that up, you say, man, my friend gave that up. He's not fun anymore. Well, he has got a whole new idea of fun. And he, 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 just his whole life has changed. He's following God. And sometimes we fear that if God is in control, he would ask us to do something that we don't want to do. And many followers of Christ, you're, you may be afraid that if I surrender to God, he'll make me a missionary. I remember that was a, a back in the day. People said, oh, I'm afraid I'd have to go to Africa. I'd have to go to Haiti. Um, Listen, God. God, Don't be afraid. If God wants you to go to Africa and Haiti, He's going to protect you. He's going to take good care of you, and you'll be happier in Africa and Haiti than you are here. And and so it's just like, wow, whatever God wants. So, so don't be afraid. As a matter of fact, the Scriptures is filled with this this thought. Three hundred and sixty-five times He tells us, "Do not be afraid." Fear not. The angel come and said to him, uh, Fear not, for I bring you tidings of great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So, so there's no need to fear. There's no need to fear because this king, this king is only going to enhance your life. This king is only going to take your life and make it better. He's only going to show you that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And everything that you've been investing in up until now, Wow. It is meaningless. And when you invest into the King of Kings and into the Lord of Lords with your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, that's where you find true meaning. So fear not. Fear not. And isn't it interesting that 365 times the Scriptures tell us, do not be afraid? How many days are on our calendar? 365. I think God knows about our fear, doesn't He? He tells us to not be afraid. Folks, there's no need to be afraid of Christ and what he might do to your life. Some people think that he would wreck my life, but let me tell you, he is only going to transform your life. And your life will be so much better in the end. I'm not saying it will be free of trials and tribulations. That's not what, it's not what the Bible teaches. I'm saying that your life with him as the king, he is the better, he is the one who can make the call and call the shots for your life way better than you could ever imagine calling them for yourself. So what do we do if you're challenged by one of these three thoughts this morning? I'm going to give you three quick thoughts here. Number one is, uh, is to stop. Just stop filling my life with less important things. Boy, it's so easy for us to come along and fill our life with things that are good but not as important. And that's, the, that, that's, that's one of the strange things that we all have to face. You have to face that in your business you can do good things and you can be busy all the time or you can pick out a few things in your businesses and say, all right, I'm going to focus on these areas and I'm going to excel in these areas. Well, the same is true with the spiritual things. We've got to stop filling our life with less important things. I'm going to show you a verse here. This is pretty wild. Psalm 39, chapter 39, verse 6, all right? Psalm 39, 6 says, We are merely moving shadows... And all of our busy rushing ends in nothing. Wow. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. You worried about your 401k today? Isn't it amazing? God says, we heap up wealth. You don't know who's going to spend it. Now think about that. After you're gone, somebody's going to spend it, right? We don't know. You think your kids might do it. I talked to one fellow. He was telling me about the wealth that he'd built up for his family, for his kids. And he said that he's afraid to give it to them because it would ruin their life. Because they didn't understand the value of the work. And I was like, well, you can give it to me. I won't, I won't be offended. <laughs> Listen, we, we are so busy rushing Rushing, 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 and, and our life ends in nothing. And I, I want to encourage you, Psalm 46.10 says to be still and know, be silent and know that I am God. I will be honored above every nation. I will be honored Throughout the world, be silent, be still, know that He is God. This Christmas, may I invite you to take some time to, to be silent, to be still, and know that He is God. To j- just go home and may- maybe just play some of these Christmas music that you've been hearing. It's on the radio nonstop. Maybe just go and, and, and pull up a YouTube playlist of some Christmas songs that are spiritual songs, and just listen to them, and then shut it off and be still in the presence of God and say, God... Thank you that you came for me. Like, be still in his presence and understand who he is. Many people will say, hey, I have no time. I'm so busy. Listen, I get it from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. Right now, listen, in the last six weeks of the year, we pack out everything we can possibly pack into it. And you're so busy. But I'll tell you what, if you'll make time for this, it will transform your heart and soul. And you will be so much the one who grows the fear of the lord proverbs 10:27 the fear of the lord adds length to your life you say i'm so busy i don't have time for god it adds length to your life the years of the wicked are cut short and i want to encourage you to look to stop and now secondly to look at why jesus came why did he come you think about it why did jesus come the angel said it real clear. Luke 2.10. The angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This was The angels came and they said this to the shepherds. And I want you to catch it today, that as he said this to the shepherds, that it was a good news because the people are sinners. And they needed a Savior. I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. So when Jesus was born, the proclamation was, Fear not, there's great joy. And here's the great joy, is that you are no longer under the condemnation by God, because Jesus has come. If you'll trust Him as your personal Savior, He gives you the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but through Jesus. This was the beginning of the message. And he says, a Savior has been born, which is Christ the Lord. The Savior of the world was coming. Why did Jesus come? He came so that you could have a relationship with him. Think about that. Jesus came so that you could have a relationship with him. And by the way, catch this. He came to the shepherds. The, 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 uh, the angels came to the shepherds. I think the whole town was so busy they didn't even catch it. The shepherds are sitting out there wondering, what do I do next? I can't wait for this night to be over. Could you imagine being a shepherd? It goes the same every day, every day, every day. And they were were in a place where they could hear the message of God. The religious people, they had all the signs and they didn't come near. Sometimes we have to be busy. Uh, Sometimes we have to slow down and stop. Sometimes we have to look. And understand, why did Christ come? He came so that you could have a relationship with Him. How's your relationship with God? Have you spent time with Him lately? Or if you're like many of us right now, we're just running so fast that it's hard to spend time. But yet, if I'll do that, it'll transform my heart. Jeremiah 29:13 You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Oh, I like uh, what, what, uh, what, what he said, what the, the verse in the scripture there in Luke, uh, Matthew chapter 2 where Herod says, Go and search intently. Go make a careful search for the king. And I want to encourage you, Herod is Matthew chapter two eight. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. Go and make a careful search. Um, Lastly today, stop, look, and listen. Listen to the good news. For unto you is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He is the Savior, and he wants to be your Savior. The question is, will you surrender to him this morning? The bad news is we've all sinned and fallen short of the glorious standard of God. The good news is Christmas. Jesus came to this earth, and he was born of a virgin birth. And he who knew no sin lived a perfect life, the scripture tells us, goes all the way to the cross, lays down his life as a sacrifice for you and I. For unto you is born this day a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Why did he come? John 10.10, Jesus himself said it real clear. He says that the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it to the full. I want to encourage you today to slow down, to stop, to look, and to listen about who Jesus is. Enjoy the fun. I'm big on fun. But I'm bigger on the one who can give me peace, joy, gentleness, kindness, the fruit of the Spirit that is transforming from the inside out. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I'd like to invite you to Christ. I'd like to invite you to just simply call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus came to this earth and he paid for your sin. He he wants you to have eternal life. That's why he came, that you might have life and have it to the full. So I invite you right now. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Ken, I haven't yet trusted Christ. I'd like to invite you to trust Jesus. He died on the cross. He paid for your sin. He rose again. And this is where it all began at Christmas. Actually, it began at at eternity past. He had a plan. But when you think of Christmas, that's whenever Jesus left heaven and came to the earth. And we see him going to the cross. Would you open your heart and pray something like this? Dear Jesus, this Christmas I come to you. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Today, Lord, I I come and I invite you into my life. The Savior who was born at Christmas, lived a perfect life, died on the cross to pay for my sin, was buried and rose again. I'm trusting you. I invite you into my heart and soul right here, right now. Lord, be upon me. Move mightily in my heart and my soul. In your precious name we pray. Amen.
0: Would you please stand as we respond?
3: Let this dark room in silence fuel imagination. Tonight the stars shine bright and spell my name. The winter cold chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night. creation you made it up Love didn't even see it as a sacrifice. How deep, how deep, how deep?